the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's who we are to be. People of the book who share this good news with everybody we come in contact with. In fact, this is so important that God gave us a way in his word to remember this on a regular basis. Jesus started it with his disciples just before his death. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I grew up in a Christian household, and so when I moved to the States, I think I was okay. Somewhere along the line of being a pastor's grandkid and having my parents so well-known, like in Tanzania the Bapt- with the Baptist Convention, I felt this unnecessary standard to be perfect. So then I learned how to internalize somewhere along that line. Um, there was some hard stuff when I was younger and I just I never shared any of that with my parents I kept a lot of things hidden from them for a while the whole internalizing thing felt like it worked when in reality it wasn't in January of 2020 I started having panic attacks I think I had an idea of why they were happening but I just never really wanted to acknowledge the fact that it was happening by March of 2020 I was done like I just I felt no need to be alive or to keep pushing for everything inside of me was tiring I was done with it all and I felt this unnecessary pressure to like not share any of it with anybody because it felt like it was supposed to be my burden I was just I was ready to end my life I, I, I didn't see a point in any of it and started therapy in the middle of internalizing everything and trying to take care of everything on my own, I was also keeping God out. Like, I knew who Jesus was because I went to church every Sunday and I got saved when I was nine years old. But the whole personal aspect, like having a personal relationship with God, I don't think that ever clicked with me. It felt like God was there for everyone else. I I, I don't think I ever doubted God's existence or like his actual presence but it just felt like God was there and he cared but it was for everybody else but me Satan knows what he's doing so I think that was like a perfect opportunity for him to keep drilling these ideas of it was for everyone else just not so much me um somewhere in 2020 after a few months of therapy and just trying to open up I think it finally clicked that I didn't necessarily have to be a burden, that there was actually people in my life that God placed to care for me and love on me, and that honestly, not that I deserved any of it, but God wanted to carry all of my burdens. He cares, 
about me enough and he loves me enough to where he wants to do it. I think the fact that God allowed me to get to a point where I needed to see him taking care of everything was more grace than I deserved. And the whole process of me trying to fix everything for myself and for the people around me, I spent a lot of time consumed in the me part of it because I was doubting God's plan. So I thought then I had to take matters into my own hands. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad you've chosen to be here in our first service and in this service. I've had an opportunity just to walk around and, and see some of you, my family, and I'm just mindful of those words in Hebrews where the writer tells us, forsake not the assembling of yourself together, because when you come together, it's for the stirring up of good works in your life. It does something for us when we come together as the family of God, the, the body of Christ. We're also called the bride of Christ. So I'm so glad that you're here today. And for those of you joining us online, I'm so glad that you're a part of this as well. I read early this morning from Psalms 92.1. It says, it is good to praise the Lord. And it really is. Would you just give God praise today? It's a good thing to be here and praise the Lord. Well, before I jump into today's message, let me say a word about this incredible background that you see behind me. As you can tell, it's Vacation Bible School Week at Mission Hill Church on our central campus. And as part of our creative design, you see that our team has done a tremendous job throughout our campus to splash the colors of the rainbow everywhere. Now, I need to say something. Unfortunately, in our society today, the colors of the rainbow have taken on a different meaning for some. That doesn't change what we believe the Bible has taught us. The Bible teaches that in Genesis, uh, there is a specific meaning to the rainbow and the colors it represents. That relates to what we're going to learn in Romans today, but let me just remind you of what happened. Think about this for a second. God looked at the world, and what did he see? He saw that the world was guilty. We were guilty as sinners, even early in the story. And so he judged the world. And he made a way that those could be saved by entering into the ark. So Noah and his family were saved as they entered into the ark. Everyone else was judged. But at the end of that time, what did God do? Well, let me just tell you from Genesis 9. It says, God says, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all the living creatures for all generations to come. I've placed my rainbow in the clouds. It's a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. And when I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I will remember my covenant with you and with all the living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I'll remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant. I'm confirming with all the creatures of the earth. When we see this rainbow, when we see the colors of the rainbow, this is what it should remind us of. God loves us so much that he takes care of everything we need through Jesus, even when we don't deserve it. 
I'm so glad this week we get to instill these truths into our children as we gather for Vacation Bible School. I'm so thankful for Miss Cielo and Miss Renee and all of our team of volunteers that have worked so hard to not only do these decorations, but prepare for our children. So if you have a child or a grandchild or a great-grandchild or you know a child or there's a child in your neighborhood or you've seen a child and you think it's appropriate for you to invite and bring them, bring them because it's going to be a great week. I want us to pause right now and as we pray for our time together, I want us to pray for our students as they gather together for Vacation Bible School. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. I can remember back as a child, it was a little different like back then, not all these uh, fancy decorations and maybe a little more formal, but I remember just looking forward to Vacation Bible School and all that we would do and all that we would learn. So God, I pray that you would just send masses of children to this place over the next several days and that they'll hear the truth of the gospel, that though we are guilty, we're sinners, you love us so much that you give us more than enough grace. You give us everything we need. God, I, I pray that you'd provide safety and protection during the week. And, and I pray for our teachers, our volunteers, all that will be working together, that this will be a time that builds your kingdom. And that's the same thing we pray for today. Lord, that you'd meet us in this moment on Pentecost Sunday, that you would allow your spirit just to flow fresh on us, that you'll give us what we need that we don't have, teaching us those things we need to learn, but we, we don't yet know, making us new creations in your image. God, that's my prayer for me. God, I just thank you for this passage of Scripture and the truth and how it's transformed my life. I pray that over these next few minutes, the words I say and even my thoughts would be pleasing to you because you've been my redeemer. You've changed me. And that's my simple prayer for all who will hear these words. Lord, would you change someone today? From death to life, from darkness to light. And would you do that for your glory? And God, I thank you for this. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We've been in this series in the book of Romans. It's, it's the first of several ser series that'll take us a number of months, but this is the last week in this first series. It's called The Verdict. Um, last week, we learned the verdict. Do you remember what it was? Guilty. We're all guilty. Everyone who's ever lived is guilty. But there's good news. God loves us so much that he takes care of everything you need through Jesus, even when you don't deserve it. Now, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at that statement and I want us to personalize it. So it'll sound like this. God loves me so much that he takes care of everything I need through Jesus, even when I don't deserve it. You got it? Now, when I ask a question, you get the permission to answer. So if I say, got it, if you got it, you say, thank you. So you got it? All right, let's say it together. You're personalizing it. You're saying I and me. Ready? God loves me so much that he takes care of everything I need through Jesus, even when I don't deserve it. Now, here's what I've learned. We get tired of hearing that we're sinners. In fact, Miss Betty Owens, I love her. I've traveled around the world with her. Uh, she's one of the ladies. Uh, she was in our last service, and she came into our office this week. And I said, how you doing, Miss Betty? And she said, not good. I mean, and she's a, a senior saint in our church. And so I said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. What's wrong? And she said, my toes are hurting. 
And I looked down at her feet. I'm thinking, oh, I'm so sorry. What happened? And then she looked at me. And then I realized what she was saying. She said, I've been here the last three weeks, and all we're talking about is how bad we are. I mean, sin, and nobody wants to hear that they're a sinner. We get our toes stepped on. We prefer to think of ourselves as inherently good. And so that's what society does, right? And people will tell you, you know, you're good at your heart. Everybody's good. And that's why the Apostle Paul spent three chapters, the first three chapters of this deeply theological book that's all about salvation. He spends three chapters telling us that everybody, no matter who you are, no matter what your culture, no matter what your background, you're guilty. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. That's why this week again I'm I'm preaching from the floor. And if you have to strain to see me or if it's a little different, I I want you to think about that because I, I want you to recognize that according to God's word, We're guilty. In fact, Paul says everyone is a sinner. That means we've fallen short of what God desires and even what he demands. And we need a savior. But if the Bible stopped there, it would be bad news. And this is not a bad news book. This is a book of the greatest news you could ever hear. It's a good news book. The bad news is we're all sinners. But the good news is that Jesus saves sinners like us. The message of the Bible, the truth of Christianity, is that we're sinners in need of a Savior, and God gives us a Savior in the person of Jesus Christ, and Jesus is everything we need. So Paul begins to tell us that part of the story in verse 21. Did you know I believe there's two words that can change your life? They can change how you view every situation, every circumstance that you ever face. You ready? These are two of my favorite words in all the Bible. Here they are. But God. Say that with me. Say, but God. You know, we we walk through difficulties and trials and tragedies and challenges, but God giveth more grace. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Man, we blow it, we sin, we do things we wish we'd have never done, but God shows up and he gives us forgiveness. And all throughout scripture, you see those two words, but God. And so when Paul gets to verse 21, He kind of gives us a version of a but God. Look at it together. But now. 
Now remember, he just spent three chapters saying, you're sinners, you Gentiles, you're sinners. And you don't think you even know about God, but he made it clear in creation. You're a sinner. You Jews, by the way, you think you're goody two-shoes, but you're sinners. You think you're following all the religious practices, but you're religiously lost. You're sinners. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Say all. all. Who is the righteousness of God for? All who believe. For there's no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here in Romans 3 is a simple phrase, one verse in the Bible on which all of the gospel is built. Level ground at the foot of the cross. Everyone who's ever lived a sinner. Missing out on God's design. And are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. (sighs) That was a long sentence. If you're an English teacher or you love grammar, that was a huge run-on sentence full of theology. Words like justification, words like righteousness, words like propitiation, a word like faith. All of these words that describe what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Verse 26, it was to show his righteousness at the present time. So that he might be just and the justifier of the ones who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? Now, if you remember, earlier in this chapter, Paul does this rhetorical thing where he plays both sides of an argument. Like like he asks a question and then he answers it. And so he's going to do that three different times right here. What about our boasting? Is it excluded? By what kind of law? By a law of works? And then he answers, no, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Second question. Or or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not God of Gentiles also? Yes, Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Last question. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? Do we even need the law? If we're going to be given God's grace and it's a gift... Why does anything matter? Isn't everybody going to go to heaven anyway? No, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Remember what I want you to understand. This is our one thing, our, our central truth. God loves you so much that he takes care of everything you need through Jesus, even when you don't deserve it. So what happens in these verses and what some have called the most important paragraph in all the Bible is Paul tells us what Jesus did for us. So let me just give you three things he did, summing it up. Number one, Jesus intervened on our behalf. Have you ever needed somebody to step up and speak for you when you couldn't speak for yourself? You know, somebody to step into the room and to be your also. 
So like you're, you're about to get into trouble and, uh, you know, your bigger friend comes in and says, is there a problem here? I have a big brother. He's nine years older. We're both getting older. So now, now he's a little older, but, um, man, he's always had my back. I can remember as a child, I can remember as adults, moments where he stepped in and just been there for me. But you know what? Next month, Kimberly and I will celebrate 29 years of marriage. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty cool. You know who has my back more than anybody else on the planet? It's a person who knows me better than anybody else on the planet. She knows how I failed. She knows when I blow it. And yet you don't start talking about me around her or she's going to beat you up. I mean, she'll step in. She'll intervene on, on my behalf. And that's what Paul says Jesus does for us. Look again at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, there's no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because of our guilty verdict, somebody had to step in. We're going to learn as we continue in Romans, the punishment for our guilt is death. And so if nobody steps in, we have to die. We have to be punished. We need the righteousness of God because we're guilty. And what Paul says is that Jesus gave us the righteousness of God. Not the law, not all these things we do that are good things that are important, like getting in the Word and praying and giving and showing up in church. They're great things, but that's not going to give us righteousness. The only thing that's going to get us righteousness is Jesus Christ. Because we've all been declared guilty as a result of our sin. Next week, uh, I'm going to take a quick trip to California and I can't wait. One of the things Kimberly and I are going to do is, is go to San Diego. And so I want you to imagine that um, someone said, I'll give a $100 million prize if you could swim from San Diego to the island of Hawaii. Do you think anybody would want to try it? I, I think they would. I, I think $100 million, that's a lot of money. So people would line up, and then they'd choose the top 100 swimmers, and then... On the appointed day, they'd step into the ocean, and they would just begin to swim. And you got the best swimmers in the world, and it would be great until you see the first one drop out at about 20 miles. These are the best in the world. They, they can make it 20 miles. But one gets tired, drops out, cramps. These are the best of the best. A lot of them make it to about 75 miles before they succumb to the pressure, just the, the dehydration, everything involved leading to exhaustion. At 100 miles, others give up, jellyfish stings, all the fish around them. It's too much. There's a few swimmers that make it to 150 miles. That's a big deal because right now, the longest distance that anyone has swam is just under 140 miles. 150 miles, that would be incredible. But they most quit. There was one. The final swimmer, 
Let's say he makes it 300 miles. More than double what anyone has ever swam. What a great accomplishment. But then he stops. And he's fallen short. Because after 300 miles, you know how far it is to Hawaii? 2,232 more miles. The best swimmer accomplishing an amazing feat always falls short. Listen again to Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean, the glory of God? Who He is, His standard, His expectation. No matter who you are, how good you are, how religious you are, we all fall short. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.